0: Hello, hello again, and welcome back to this next podcast of Spirit Story Time. Um, My name is Bunny, and today I've decided to talk to you a little bit about soul families, soul groups, and soul contracts. Uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of these things. That's something that we're definitely going to be discussing. So have you ever heard of a soul family, a soul group, or a soul contract? A soul family is a spiritual equivalent to your birth family here on earth. They may take a form of a relative or it could be anybody in your life that when you meet them, they feel like a sibling, a parent, or a child. The connections to your soul family have a unique feeling, vibration, and an instant connection most of the time. Um... I've had a couple of experiences with that, where upon meeting somebody, you feel like you've known them forever. It's easy conversation. You find yourself always wanting to be around them. I think that this also holds true with the opposite. So where you instantly meet somebody and you instantly don't want to be around them or you instantly are like whoa that's that's an issue um so a soul group is is similar to a soul family in that you have lessons in common so a bunch of you may need to go through the same lesson and in that case you will be in each other's circle for that reason there's still a connection although it may not be as intense as the connections that uh, you will experience with your soul families. Many times once the lesson or lessons are completed, these people will gently fall away. So you'll no longer have them in your life. Um, there, do- It doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be like, some catastrophe or an argument or a fight or any, any situation like that. Um, I've had experiences in my life where I've had people who were my absolute best friends. Like we spent so many days together just talking all the time. I I can think of specifically one It was uh, my best friend in uh, grade 11. So we were, Best friends from grade eleven, grade twelve, and yes, I <laughs> took um an extra couple years in, in high school. Um and we were best friends to the point where she had a boyfriend. Um he was a referee uh at OHL Games, and I remember the one time he brought her to the game but because he refereed he she wanted to have somebody with her in the bleachers uh watching or in the stands watching so she had me come with her and we just spent the entire day at school together and we talked the whole time and then he picked us up and drove us I don't even remember where we went but I know it wasn't in Niagara Falls where we lived. It was in a different city and we talked the whole time in the car. And then while we were sitting at the game, we talked the whole time. And then afterwards we went out, he worked at Denny's. So we went to, to Denny's and we were sitting there talking after. And he said, I can't believe that somebody, two people who spend so much time together could still have so much to talk about. And that to me, like, that, yeah, it was a complete, that was a a soul group. She was, she was part of my soul group and we went through a lot of things together and I'm sure we learned a lot of lessons and I'm very grateful for her friendship. Um, she went away to college and I stayed home. I stayed at, you know, Niagara Falls for, for college. There was, uh, something that happened, um, where I was trying to, write to her and call her. This was in the time before the internet and before cell phones. So it wasn't instantaneous communication. And I wrote her letters, you know, snail mail letters. (laughs) And apparently there was some something that happened with a roommate, but I had no idea what had happened. And I just knew that she just wasn't talking to me anymore. And I mean, at first I took it a little bit personally, but it wasn't me. And it, and then later, I really found out it really wasn't me. The roommate that she had was actually keeping all of the cards that she would get, all of the letters, all, all the mails she would get. She would delete voicemails um, on the answer machine. She would delete everything that was for her because she wanted to be this girl's friend and only friend. And even her own mother um, didn't get like she didn't get messages and stuff from her mom. And when she was moving to come back home at the end of the school year that's when she discovered that that's what had happened. And so she reached out to me and apologized and said, you know, it wasn't me and that kind of thing. And, and we did, we did stay friends again for a little while. She was actually the maid of honor at my, uh, my first wedding and my wedding to my practice husband, as I call him. Um, and you know, I, I was so glad to be a part of her life and for her to be a part of my life. And, uh, I, you know, I, I cherish our friendship and I'm, it's, it's, I was so blessed, And then at some point, um, life happens and we just kind of not grew apart because it wasn't anything that was, you know, anything conscious or anything. It's just, I had a, a different set of friends and she had a different set of friends and she moved away. And then, you know, we, we've now reconnected on Facebook and it's great to be able to catch up and, and see, but it's funny because some of our, experiences wound up even still being the same. And I'm sure that the major reason that we were in each other's lives were because we did have lessons that um, we needed to learn together and ways that we needed to support each other. Um, So that's just one of. I've, I've had that actually a few times in my life where people just kind of fall away. And you realize that you know, they're they're not really in your life anymore. And you don't really make a concerted effort to keep them in your life. And you let that fall away. And there's no hard feelings. And that can even happen with like um, a romantic relationship that hasn't happened in, in my life. But that can happen in a romantic relationship as well. Um, another thing that can happen too is somebody can be in your life at one point in your life. So I can think of right now, a um a good friend of mine right now, um, he was he went to high school with me, and he dated my neighbor for a little while, and we became good friends, and he actually introduced me to Metallica, the band Metallica. I had never heard of them before. Um, I had grown up in Toronto and mainly listened to reggae and rap, and uh, I so metal was not something that I was really that familiar with, and he would play him and his friend um his best friend would play the songs on their um radios in the in the hallway and so I learned about Metallica at first I really didn't like them but but uh but yeah so so we had you know a pretty decent friendship um while we were in high school and then he he transferred to a different high school and uh I saw him you know throughout the years and I actually Became really good friends with his sister, um, gave, became good friends with his mom, he, knew his nieces, his nephew, his his daughter. Um, so it was, you know, it, and then even him, we kind of have reconnected now and he's in a band and he, um, me and my mom will go and watch his band. And we love we love to do that. Unfortunately, right now, <laughs> with, um you know, isolation and lockdowns, quarantines, uh, that sort of thing. The bands, uh, bands are not playing, uh, bars are closed. So that's something I definitely miss, but we're reconnected now as, as friends and it's awesome. Um, because, you know, it's, it's kind of like a come back around so that's pretty cool and I think that that's also part of like the soul group As you may see them come back through again and in a later stage in life or something different when some other kind of lessons will be brought up um you know it's always that's always what it is it's always about the lessons and what it is that you're learning and where these things are fitting in and we don't we can't always see the big picture and things and but there definitely always is so the the last the last part is kind of like the soul contract, so with the soul contract um it's an agreement that's made between a couple of souls before they incarnate into the the third density or or um you know the physical world and the higher selves the the parts of your soul that are attached to <clears throat> sorry excuse me that are attached to the um you know to our to the other dimensions the higher dimensions um and more knowing of of you know what's going because it's in the third de- third density that we actually have the veil of forgetfulness and that's um you know so we can actually immerse ourselves in it and learn the lessons we need to learn for the contrast effect so with the soul contracts These are agreements that are made between the souls that certain things are going to happen and that you're going to be certain things for these people. It can also be um, connections with karma or to clear out karma. Um, So in like, well, I'll use an example. My father, since the time I was born or as far as I can remember, was he was well, he was physically, emotionally, and verbally abusive and um I was a big target for a lot of his anger and wounds. Um at the time of growing up, obviously I didn't understand all of the reasoning behind it. Um, but now um I actually I actually had when I had a past life regression and I spoke about past life regressions in um previous previous uh, episode of our previous episode of the podcast, I realized that in a life that I had not that long, like one of the lives that I had um, that came up in my past life, first past life regression, it showed that I was a young lady. Uh, I was 17 years old and I lived in Scotland. And when um, I was, I was to be kind of like sold or whatever, bartered off to a man in France who, when he, um, when he married me, he was 45 and I was 17 or he was in his forties anyway, and I was 17. And, um, my dad, the soul of my dad was actually his stepson and his stepson was in his twenties and, didn't understand why his dad would need more kids because he already had children he already had heirs and he didn't need any and so he had a lot of anger towards me in that life and in the past life regression I actually remember saying oh no wonder he was so mad at me at this life so I kind of was like okay well that makes sense that it was carried from a different life but there was still a part of me that wondered where that anger had originated from so in another um, healing, I had a time where I, um, actually had a past life flash, and the memory flooded in, and it was of me being a mercenary, a male, um, male mercenary in, um, I don't want to say medieval times, but definitely in times where like they were using swords to, to kill people and stuff. Um, so I was a mercenary and I was apparently really good and, you know, I had long brown hair and, um, I feel like I definitely was in like England, Scotland, that kind of area. And, there was a young boy, so I was probably in my you know twenty-two to twenty-five year range, um, age range, and there was a young boy that was between nine to 10, nine to ten, eleven years old, and this young boy wanted. Like he was an orphan and he was looking up to me to take care of him because I guess I must have shown him some kindness, maybe getting him a room or getting him some food, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know specifically that that detail, but that's kind of what I feel like is that I had shown him some kindness, some some form of kindness, and he attached himself to me and wanted more from me. Um, I had walls, I had, you know, I had, uh, I had wounds, I had issues like most people do and um I actually wound up hurting him uh because I didn't want to get connected close to him and in that lifetime um that my hurt towards him and what I had done to this young boy and the, the young boy's soul was my dad's soul in this in this life. It was a, a piece of that soul. So so that is where that anger towards me actually originated. So, at least two lives before <laughs> we uh, we had that karma, that car I, I created that karmic connection. Uh, karma isn't just. We hear all the time about you know karma's gonna come and get you. Karma's gonna, it, karma. It, we've we've kind of um, bastardized it and made it to be that it's uh, something bad. And I do remember my dad is the one that actually taught me about karma when I was um, when I was a kid, uh, telling me you know what comes around goes around. If you put out something bad, it's gonna come back to you. If you put out something good, it comes back to you four times as as strong. That's what he used to say. And so it was kind of cool that he's the one that kind of taught me about karma. And at the same time, we had a karmic connection. Although I do believe that a lot of times, uh, a lot of the soul contracts or soul soul groups, soul families, you're gonna have karmic connections. And um, this is, I've always firmly believed this is, this is my last life on planet Earth. I don't know that it's my last life in third density because... I do believe in in other planets um, and that there's life on other planets and alien life forms. And I do know that in other lives, I have been um, an alien, like an extraterrestrial. And um, so I know that there may be other other points. But on planet Earth, this is my last go around and I've I've always kind of known that from a young child. This is my last time to kind of clear up whatever I'm clearing up, to cut whatever ties I needed to cut, um, finish up whatever I needed to finish up karmically. And I actually got that message when I did that first past life regression that um, essentially that what it is is it's now cleared up whatever karmic debt was owed uh, my... uh, I let, I allowed it to be repaid. So, you know, that, that was, that was, it was balanced. It's back to neutral on our side, um, the polarities. So now I was told that my dad is actually going to reincarnate as one of my grandchildren, possibly a granddaughter, and that it will be my turn now to show him love. So that's kind of cool. That would that would be that would be fabulous. Uh that would be a great thing to do and it's you know helping uh helping raise that uh, the vibration of that karmic connection and that soul contract. So these are these are kind of the cool things about that is these uh are these soul connections and these um these groups and these families and knowing that I mean on the planet right now there's seven, almost seven and a half billion people. I'm not going to come in contact with the, you know, seven and a half billion people in my lifetime. I'm going to come in contact with quite a few people, but it's not going to be seven, seven and a half billion. There may even be some people who have influence or impact on me that I never physically meet. So, um, you know, some famous people, that kind of thing. And, um, they may guide me to certain teachings and learnings and understandings, but their karma may be in a different way where they, um, had to do something, their soul had to do something to make it up to a bunch of people. And that was the best way for them to do it. So, so there's a lot of things, um, with the soul contracts and, and soul families and soul groups that is really cool when you when you really sit and look into it thinking about how it is that we're connected how it is that we're intertwined uh Anita Moriani I don't know if anybody has ever heard of her but she had a near-death experience where she was actually her body was actually riddled with cancer, she had cancer all through her all through her body. Um, her organs were actually in the process of shutting down. She was admitted into the hospital, she ha- was intubated, she was on machines keeping her alive, and she had a near-death experience. And she actually her overheard conversations even saw her brother in the plane coming to see her, knew what he was wearing, what seat he had, all of that. Um, And so she was able to have those, that evidence, those evidentiary uh, moments uh, to be able to share so other people would understand that it was something. She knew it was real. And but she needed to, you know, be able to kind of convince other people with some evidence to say, hey, no, this like this I'm telling you, this is what happened. And even if they believe her or not, it you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But she um she talked about how one of the things that happened during her near-death experience was that she saw that she is but a thread, that this Anita Moriani um, life is but a thread of a, of a large tapestry and the tapestry are um, strings that are all connected and interwoven and how each thread makes up the entire whole. And that is an amazing representation of how we are all connected, and how we each one of us is just as important as everybody else. Each life is just as precious, no matter what it is that we're going through or what what um, what atrocities we may um, experience, either at our own hand or at someone else's. Every single one of us is exactly where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be and doing exactly what is divinely chosen. And most of the time chosen by us. So that's how you continue to have free will. Cause even though we had these soul contracts, which, you know, kind of get things put in your, in your vibration, in your f- vibrational field to experience is to give you the opportunities to learn and that's how it keeps coming up over and over and over again and the people are like I'm like I keep dating the same guy over how come this keeps happening because you haven't learned the lesson yet as soon as you learn that lesson that contract is null and void um one of the ones so I'll I know I've discussed Steve before um so Steve and I met on a chat room And I had signed up for the chat room March 13th, I think it was, somewhere around there, um, 2013. He said he had signed up maybe about a week earlier, week previously, four days to to four to seven days previously. And I had trouble kind of sleeping at night. I've always been a night owl and I would be on late at night. he wasn't working, so he would sleep like all day and was up at night. And um so we wound up being on on at the same time and I noticed him right away. He he there was something that drew me to what he would post in the rooms. Um I don't know if, if you're familiar with chat rooms, but it's where a bunch of people are typing and so it's just scrolling up. And his name caught caught my attention. The things he was posting caught my attention, and I um, inadvertently, a uh, couple of days, two or three days after I had signed up, had actually answered somebody when they asked me where I lived. I answered to the entire room instead of hitting the whisper I did is what Steve and I coined whisper fail after um I actually told the entire room that I lived in Niagara Falls Canada and I immediately logged out because I did not want to tell people where I lived um definitely not the entire room and so the person had said to me hey I live in Welland and where do you live and I was like I live in Niagara Falls and Steve um when I came back, Steve was like, hey, neighbor, because he had lived at that time in Sobble Beach, uh, Owen Sound area, Wyerton area. And uh, I was like, OK, cool. And we started talking and within 10 days, we like we were dating we you know, and and he was up there, I was down here, we started voice chatting, we were video chatting, he came down to visit me twice, he moved down here. Um he moved down here July twenty sixth, I believe it was. So we just met at the end of March and by July he's already moving to Niagara Falls. Mind you, I do ha I did have my children, I still have them at home, but I did have my children at home, so I wanted to keep it separate. Um, for a little while at least. And. Uh, they had met. They met him. Shortly after he moved down. But he didn't move in right away. He So he got his own apartment. And he had a job. And we actually worked together. At a call center that did. Uh, iTunes support. He did email iTunes support. And I did tech support. Uh, phone support for the Apple computers. And. It was an instant connection, like instant connection. And there were times where throughout our relationship, it just, it was just so easy. It was just so like, I, it was like we were, we were together. We had been together forever and we talked all the time and we wanted to know everything about each other and spend all of our time together, all of our free time together. So it, much to our friend's dismay um his his he made some coworker friends here, and they would ask him to go, and he didn't go anywhere with them and um a lot of my friends i I kind of stopped hanging out with them because I wanted to spend all of my time with steve and with with my boys and um yeah it was it was a pretty intense connection, and I remember one time probably eight months or so into our relationship we were laying in bed together and he said why do you always talk like I'm gonna leave and at the time when he said it I thought huh why why do I talk like that and I thought maybe it had been because of my practice husband and how he had left me and um, my dad he had died the November before I met Steve and I thought, okay, maybe, you know, conscious mind, I was like, oh, that's why, you know, that's got to be it. After his passing, I realized that the reason was because March 25th, 2013 is the day he picked as our, or the day we started dating. Um, And he, he actually passed away for um, less than five years later. So four years and nine months later. Well, not what not even eight months and whatever days. Um, so we had four and a half years together, which in a life that, you know, he was he was 47 years old when he passed away. And um so, you know, four of those years, just over four of those years, he got to spend with me but we could the potential could have been that we could have had many more years um but yeah so that so i know that con- consciously i was not aware that i was acting like he would leave me but subconsciously and on a soul level intuitively i think i always knew that our contract was for a small time he also he he I, in you know i learned in the my first past life regression that in that life where I had, where I was married to the man and then my dad was my stepson, Steve was actually my son in that life. <laughs> so that's, I mean, yeah, it gets very convoluted when you start. You just can't, you can't put that in, in this. And biologically he is in this life was not my son. Clearly he, he was older than me. Um, and there it was nothing like that. But soul wise, like the peace of our soul, um, which is not bound by the laws and rules of our third density life is that, uh, yeah, he was, he was my son. So our connection in that life, I actually was the one who had stomach cancer, although they didn't call it then that then, um, I had stomach cancer and to end my suffering more swiftly, um, I needed to consume poison to, to die. And I was too ill to do it myself. So I asked him to do it for me and he didn't want me to leave and he didn't want me to die. He didn't want me to go. And I told him that I, I was hurting and that I did need to go. So this time around that, not karma, but that lesson was learned from the opposite side now. So in that life, I was the one who left him and he had to deal with that devastating loss. In this life, this time around, we agreed that, hey, we're going to flip that script. We're going to play the new, because that's what we are. We're players in this life, right? And so he said, we flipped the script and he said, you know what, this time I get to be the one that leaves you so you can learn about the suffering of loss. And that's what happened. So... Um, I mean, yes, there has been some suffering. He's not really gone. I feel him and I communicate with him as they have discussed before. It's definitely not the same though. <laughs> you know, it's definitely not the same. And I do know that he's always going to be with me and that when I die, he'll be there just like he's here now. And, um, it's meant to be. So that's great. Um, I mean, it's not <laughs> not great that i have talked about death, but, but it's great that the connections last and that they're, you know, that they're always there. And having that belief system has helped me a lot, especially with fear of dying. Um, there's really not a fear of, of death for me. So actually getting to that final destination of death, no fear at all, because I am well aware that there is no suffering, only love. Um, the suffering happens here. And so the process of dying for a lot of people can cause some suffering, not only to themselves, but to the people around them. And so that's kind of what I'm less accepting of <laughs> at, at the moment and, uh, you know, learning my lessons. So so that's, I mean, it in a nutshell, um, for soul families, soul groups, and soul contracts, they are something that we set up before we are are born into this, uh, third density, uh, body. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're picking, picking your courses in, in high school or in college and you say, Hey, I want to do this course. I want to do this course. I want to do this course. These are the things that I think I might be interested in learning when you're coming from a place of love, when you're coming from that soul, before you're in the third density, before you enter into this life, that, that higher self of you doesn't experience the suffering and the pain and is aware that when you come down and you experience that suffering and that pain, that's precisely where you learn your biggest lessons. That's precisely where your courage, your strength comes from. Those moments are precisely where you change your life is because it's like, like that, you know, frog in, in the water in, when the water is starting to boil, at what temperature do you jump out? You're that frog in that water. It's getting hot. You jump out. And that's what's happening in the world right now as a society. Is what what's going to take to to get us to jump out of that water and to learn the lessons that we need to learn together as a collective. So... I hope you've enjoyed (laughs) this podcast and I definitely look forward to, uh, to talking to you again and sharing some more spirit story time stories. (laughs) Thank you again. My name is Buddy.